Welcome to Fat Free Film. I'm your host, Joel Marshall, and we're here in my home again today. And uh, we're here with Ariana Ortiz and Eric Heiberg. They are working on a film called Earthbound right now. Now, is that something that you wrote, Ariana? Yeah, I started this um, about almost three years ago now. I decided that I wanted to produce a film, and I had... I was always writing, always writing, and um, I had one really, really simple bad idea that I had written down that it was the worst idea that I'd ever had for a story, but it was really simple. And I thought, well, I'll write that because it's so simple and I'll make it into this. And I was originally going to make it with like a gorilla budget, no money, grab a camera, grab your friends and make a film kind of thing. But um, it started to be decent. <laughs> it started to be, I mean, the first draft was, was really bad, but <laughs> it started to get better. And I had a a partner, David Garrett, who's a director, who's the director of this film, who I met a few years back when he cast me as the lead in his film. Long story there, but David and I always wanted to work together. So I took the script to David and used him as a soundboard. And, you know, he's a wonderful writer in his own right. And we just kept working on the script, me mainly doing a lot of the writing. And then about a year or so ago, I finally said, you do it. I'm sick of writing uh, because uh, I've had a few failed production efforts already. Uh, we had a production company pick it up, they were going to give us a million dollars to do it, and then they went bankrupt, and that didn't happen, and then uh, I worked with another producer for two years, and uh, we went our separate ways last year over basically creative differences, amicably, but, mm -hmm. um, so then I just put it aside for six months, and then I met Eric. <laughs> wow. And it is revived. And Eric, you're producing it? I'm producing it, yes. And what does that entail, basically? Um, you know, it entails everything. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't, there's nothing, just, it, most, a lot of the business stuff, um, you know, it, some creative direction, uh, but there isn't anything producing doesn't entail. Mm -hmm. uh, when you say creative direction, do you, um, give notes on the script? Uh, yeah, I have it on this one, but it, yeah, certainly a producer does give notes on a script, and it's something that Ariana and I have talked about. Um, you know, at some point, scripts have to be revised and you have to give notes, but I'm sort of a believer that you don't give notes partially through a project. You just do everything. When you do a rewrite, you get everything together and do the rewrite instead of driving a writer crazy and giving them one little, well, maybe this should be this way and that mm -hmm. way. And uh, so, yeah. You know, I should so. tell you, I've literally done about 30 drafts. Yeah, I want to hear about who do you listen to when you're doing drafts of a script? I mean, it, it seems like everybody's got an opinion. Yeah, absolutely. How do you manage that kind of thing? And you can't just take everybody's opinion and then go back and do a complete rewrite and then show yeah. it to somebody else and they have like the opposite opinion. So what do you do? Well, ultimately, and I've said this to Eric, I feel that obviously if you get notes from anybody, even your friends, if they don't ring true with you and what you're trying to communicate, then they're, they're you know, you just toss them. Cause but how can you tell the really effective ones from the <coughs> ones that... Because um, sometimes a note on a script can be really effective yeah. once you play it through, once you go back and do the script and then you're all of a sudden, oh. But initially sometimes if somebody says, you know, this character, I don't like their profession, they should uh -huh. be something else. And you're like, now you have she to... is a, a stockbroker, that's the way she is. And you know, people yeah. tend to get upset about um, making revisions on their script. Does that happen to you? I don't know, I, I think you have to, you have to as clearly as possible, as, as much as possible, try to tell the story you're trying to tell. And if somebody gives you a note that is 
first of all, I think the notes that you should really listen to are the ones you hear more than one or two times. If you hear multiple notes that are similar from different people, you have a problem there that you need to go and look at. It's not resonating maybe with the, with the right people, and it depends on who you're getting your notes from. I did 30 drafts because I was getting notes from everybody, from, from producers I was working with uh, to, I don't know, everybody. It just seems like everybody. But ultimately, and I give myself and David a lot of credit for this, it always came down to, but no, this is the story that I wanted to tell, and these are the characters that I want to spend time with. This is the movie that I want to see. So what's wrong with that? I, I think I have good taste, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So trying to do that is, I think, difficult for any writer. Um, but then I think there are a lot of basic story structure things that, you know, there are people who are much better at it than, than I am, who it's very, very worthwhile to take some time and listen to them and get their feedback. Um, structurally. But I do think writing, much like performing, can be very, very instinctual. It's just my opinion. You know? Now you started out writing this thing as a really low budget film. Did really it, low budget. Have you expanded the budget now? You said it's not really that anymore, but you started out with an eye towards that. How, what's the budget like, do you think, on this film? Uh, it's, 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 it's still low. Um, <laughs> obviously, I'm not gonna, we're not going to tell you what the budget is. But, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you but, um, make several budgets for... Well, that's... Yeah, see, now that's one of the things that attracted me to the script, is that um, what filmmakers do, one of the biggest mistakes filmmakers make is that they write a project not really knowing, I guess, what it entails to make this project. And it becomes a love of their life, and they spend 10 years trying to make this thing that is so complex and is, uh, you know, it's it's Gone with the Wind meets Star Wars meets, you know, there's just so much stuff. So um, what first-time filmmakers kind of have to look for is something that's more along the lines of a stage play that has very few locations that could be, you know, you can kind of improvise, change things in and out. And um, that's what Earthbound was. It could literally, it could be shot for, you know, a few million dollars or it could be shot for $400,000. and uh, going through and breaking down the script, I did several budgets. So we sort of have a, we have a goal of, there's a timeline in, you know, after a certain period of time, we're going to go back and evaluate. If nothing's happened, we're going to say, okay, wait, are we going to just, let's just gorilla this film. And mm -hmm. we can do it because we know, because we have the budget and we can make the adjustments in the script. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we definitely did a couple iterations. But that's but. one of the things I loved about the idea of working with Eric is that he was just game to say, okay, these are our options. This is how far we can go. But when we get to a certain point, screw it, let's make the film, let's just grab cameras and go, because I don't want to spend 10 years making what I think is a fun, light comedy, which is the reason I started this project. I decided I can't change the world with my first film, so at least I can have a good time. So I'm going to write characters that I like, that are fun, and try to make it in a fun, cheap way. Do you think there are some budgets that are better than others? Like, do you say, like, if you make a $500,000 film, uh, is it better if you try and make it for 400000 or is there, a, and then is there a leap to where you would go next? Is a $3 million film uh, a good idea to make, or is it like, no, you, if you're going to make a $3 million film, you got to make a $6 million film, because <laughs> is there anything like that? I've heard people say these things where they're like, no, no, if you're going to be, if, you're gonna, if your budget is that low, it's got to be a million dollar budget. It can't be 500000 is there yeah. anything like that? No, you know, I hear that too, and I don't, I don't understand. I don't know that, who these scientists are who figure this out, but well, there are people who do. I there think. are. There's well, the influence on there's a lot of people in finance. There's a lot of people in production, and you know, it's just uh, 
ultimately the the best budget is the one that will allow you to obviously shoot it for the least amount of money but help you succeed in that creative vision and each time you chop off money you're making compromises in the film you want to make and the thing is like if we take earthbound and we say we make it for two hundred fifty thousand dollars the film we make at two hundred fifty thousand dollars is vastly different than the film we make at one point five million dollars or six million dollars and you know ultimately it's a choice you have to make and if you can make a very similar film, I mean, if I could make the same film for two hundred fifty thousand versus a one point five million, of course I'm going to make it for two hundred fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars. But I hear that too, and I I don't understand that because you'll always hear, um, I hear finance people tell ask me, you know, they they ask me what the budget is on this film, and I'll I'll kind of give them an idea, and they say, well, oh no, that's too low. It's going to have to be five million. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And of course I can make it for five million dollars. <laughs> that's not hard. But I don't know where the logic is, and what. A lot of that comes from is people, you know, there's financing fees they're adding in. There's just all kinds of stuff they're adding in for themselves, and it's padding. It's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Now, you guys are doing an auction. Yeah. Now, yeah. can you tell me about that? Because I want to know how you're, you're, you structure bringing in funds to make a film. I want to talk about that. And then also how you're using this auction in that way. Well, we needed, we needed development money, which... Mm -hmm. um, as you know, probably, that uh, you have to get a project off the ground. You have to mm -hmm. spend a little money. And if you have a deal with a studio, they're going to pay you money to work on your script and get that right and then get it to the right actors. And then once you've got a package together, then you get your, you know, maybe Eric can speak better. And that's called development. <coughs> exactly. Um, you know, we're taking this project seriously enough that we, need, we needed to sort of get it off the ground and we wanted to hire a casting director to see if we could get some named talent. Mm -hmm. um, but we're independent filmmakers, so... Um, that takes time and money to make all that stuff happen. It takes yeah. time and money, and it's not... I mean, you hear great stories about... I think it was was it Jason Reitman who got his casting director for free. Mindy Marin loved the script so much, and she didn't do anything until... I mean, she did all the work, and then she got paid later when the film was, was financed. Mm -hmm. If Mindy Marin wants to call us, that would be great. Uh, but okay, great. That's, she's out there. She's out there. Or if anybody knows her, email us at <laughs> Joel me. at fatfreefilm.com. <laughs> it's funny, I swear. Uh, oh, <laughs> well, no, sir. Um, but anyway, so we were looking for, uh, you know, we, we could go and ask family or we could go and really do some business work and try to actually raise some money from investors for development. But um, I don't know, we, for some reason, this idea came up to have an auction. And instead of borrowing money from our family members that they'll probably never see again, mm -hmm. uh, at least they get something in return, and we get a little money to develop our project. Great. So how do you guys set up this auction, and where can we go bid on things? Well, the we have a website, earthboundthemovie.com, and there's a link to the auction mm -hmm. very clearly in the header. And essentially, we're, we're tying it into eBay, and we have links from the auction page to the eBay so we're just using eBay as our auction uh, front mm -hmm. uh, front end, which um, is very easy to use. And because very they already have it all set yeah, up it's, and I mean, ready to go. Oh, no point in reinventing the wheel, yeah. um, particularly <laughs> since we don't have any money. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and did people donate things to your auction? Yeah, we um, we went out and we talked to everybody we knew, and we said, you know, we're trying to raise some money. How can you support us? And we got some great things. We um, 
uh, Eric's friend Christopher is, has donated some personal training sessions, mm -hmm. and he, he looks great, so I would feel confident going <laughs> and working out with him. Cool. Um, what else do we have? We have a lot of stuff. Uh, we're actually, the biggest thing is we're auctioning off a role in the film. Oh, that's interesting. Is the biggest <laughs> item. Yeah, it is. It is interesting, and it's not, the funny thing is, it's, you, it's actually a speaking line, and you actually are going on payroll. I mean, it's going to be a SAG film, and mm -hmm. so if there, you know, if someone wants to be an actor, it's it's an easy way to get started. To get started, and since you're going on payroll, you're actually getting the money back. So it's not really <laughs> like you're doing anything. So. That's like a great deal. Yeah. Yeah, and it also, I mean, you don't just get the role. You get we're going to make sure you get to go to the wrap party, uh -huh. the premiere, and you get the whole experience. Wow, that's a hot ticket yeah, yeah. item. No, it's I really think cool. So. It's really cool, and there's. Uh, uh, we've got an on-air guest host with some of Ariana's friends. Oh, I should say, by the way, we're going to be also taking part of the money and donating it to the, everything that we raise. We're going to take part of it and donate it to a program called Project Involve because we're people who are asking for support from friends and family and strangers. It just seems like the right thing to do to, to at least take part of the money we raise and support other emerging filmmakers by giving some of the money to Project Involve. How much Involve. are you going to give to them? I think about 10%. 10%? Mm -hmm. yeah. And can you just tell us a little bit about Project Involve? Uh, it, it's it's a program that's run by a company called Film Independent, and Project Involve is essentially dedicated to increasing diversity mm -hmm. in the film industry, and they do that through a few ways with mentorships, um, uh, a lot of handholding. They <laughs> set you up, you know, you shoot stuff, and they you know they give the the filmmakers the the equipment to do it, and it's a good little program. You know, they do some good stuff. We're big on Film Independent. Uh, yeah. Here at Fat Free Film, <laughs> we're always talking about film independent. Uh, they're great. They're really yeah, cool. it's a great program, and I know a lot of people have a lot of people have had um, wonderful breaks out of being involved in Project Involved. So it's I think it's really a, yeah, a it's good program it. to support. So that's also another little incentive for people to yeah. auction or to bid on your auction is that they get a little bit of money. They feel good yeah. like they're giving to filmmakers, and they're also yeah. giving to another organization that's I mean, helping yeah, I filmmakers. Think it's great too. I think that's all I good. would do it. <laughs> I would. Yeah. I would bid. <laughs> now, Ariana, you're also on the radio, right? Yeah, yeah. I make my living um, working as a news and traffic reporter. So people might recognize your voice yeah. out there from the uh, traffic reports. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. You'd be surprised. Really? Although the UPS guy came to my door the other day and I signed it. He's like, oh, you're on the radio. Really? Just from your voice? Just from my name. Oh, from your name. Oh, Isn't that weird? Yeah. And yeah. you do the traffic on what? Well, right now I'm the afternoon traffic girl on K-Earth 101, uh -huh. which is very funny. But yeah, and I used to do a lot of news and... Do you ever uh, slip in things about uh, your auctions and things like that while well, you're on the you radio? Well, you know, that's not really, that's, <laughs> that's not really appropriate, but uh, I did call everybody that I know in radio yeah. and ask them to mention it, which Great. we have some wonderful, uh, we, I have some friends who I've worked with, I have a lot of radio colleagues, obviously, in all of Southern California, and uh, three of them have their own show called Three Way Talk, mm -hmm. which is on the digital cable network and is syndicated on a, a few stations around the country. It's not a huge show, but it's a, Great little show, sort of like The View, but with sass and sex, mm -hmm. and, well, not sex, but sexiness, mm -hmm. and, <laughs> right? <laughs> and they're great gals, and so they're, we're auctioning off a guest host spot on cool. their radio show, because they talk about relationships and politics. And You're auctioning off a guest host spot yeah. on that, too? This is great, because you're auctioning off 
uh, opportunities to perform for people. Well, opportunities to experience things that maybe you wouldn't normally do. We have a wine tasting at Silver Lake Wine, which mm -hmm. is a total class act place. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't necessarily have immediately thought, I'm going to go to Silver Lake Wine this week and go to a wine tasting, but um, maybe somebody will be interested in that. And Great. We have some life coaching sessions. We have uh, festival passes to Shriekfest this year. Some headshot photography or portrait photography. And, and the really popular one we have is pet photography. A very good friend of mine is a pet photographer. Really? She loves animals. And so she has some of these really quirky shots with people and their animals. Mm -hmm. And so she's, got, she's donated a session that um, we, could, we could auction off for people to have a portrait taken with their, with their favorite pet. That's great. Now, in order to do something like this, do you guys set up an organization of some sort? Or how do you take in money to make a film? Like, do you have to set up a... a limited liability company or what, uh, what yeah do you, you do? need to set something up whether it's a dba or an llc or a c corp or dba something, is uh, doing, doing business, business ads. ads yes yes so that's like um, the the lowest rung of the thing you, yes. you say we are this doing business as right earthbound right and um, um yeah an so llc you, is limited liability company. company that's right and what was the other one that you said? uh c corp it's a c -Corp. there's that's which is just a corporation mm -hmm. um and, uh, yeah, you, you just want to have some kind of a legal entity that, you know, the money's coming into that shows that you're not fraudulent. It's not going into your personal bank account or whatever. You know, the IRS <laughs> yeah. doesn't go, hey, hey, Well, hey, I'm sure hey, that happens a lot. I oh, mean, yeah, I, I must yeah. say, I don't want to scare anybody out there, but that happens. If, you know, people will say, hey, you know, you want to invest in a movie? And I'll put it right here in my left pocket here. That does happen. <laughs> and I'll have it right there for you. Yeah, that actually Why? just, I was just talking to a filmmaker and he, actually just gave $2,500 cash to a producer that would help him get his short made and the guy took oh off. I, was just like, I really? hear these stories all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I do too, but I never believed them until well, now. Certainly, I've met these people over the years too, where they're yeah. like, we're doing this project and we're trying to raise money and then, you know, they start raising money from people who are, you know, in town it, that can give money. When you're giving that much money, don't you, I mean, isn't there paperwork to be filled out? There they're should be. to be. Yeah, you should have receipts and you should cover your body. So Certificates is it really, of ownership. Is it really that guy's bad then the guy who gave the $2,500 or whatever it was $25,000 let the buyer beware yeah I mean it's your money you have to be smart with so okay so <laughs> I let's say I wanted to invest in your film mm -hmm. and um, how would I go about doing that and how, what increments of money are you would you be taking in or have you gone this far with it well we haven't gone that far mm -hmm. um, since the auction uh, the auction is really the first step mm -hmm. and it's essentially going into a PayPal account mm -hmm. um, and so once once we begin soliciting investors, you actually do have to create a legal entity because now you're dealing with SEC rules and regulations. That's the Securities and, and Exchange Commission. Yes, it's you don't. <laughs> these are you get into this stuff, and this is what you don't want to play around with. Yeah. I mean, it will bite you on the butt. The Securities and, and Exchange Commission is basically the governing body that looks at um, things that are traded on the stock market and things like that, and they make sure that all the rules are followed. Yes. Um, you can check out their website at sec. Gov. Yes, and you can follow. <laughs> Pretty interesting stuff. Follow Enron and see what not to do. Yeah, you can look at their, all mean, their 10Ks and 10Qs yeah. and see all the things that they uh, reported um, incorrectly. Apparently, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not involved yeah. in this, but and uh, it's it's really believe it or not, it's uh, it's hard for even small business people now because of the larger corporate scandals, and mm -hmm. so they really are cracking down on on smaller business entities. Yeah. And so what what uh, road will you take? Uh, we're going to do an LLC, uh, only because initially it's it's kind of the cheapest and the easiest to set up. 
and uh, it, it's essentially the same as a corp. It's a little different in the offerings, but um, we'll we'll start out with that mm -hmm. and. Uh, we haven't really decided on how, what size investment blocks or any of that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. uh, because we're doing, we're putting so much time into this auction and trying yeah. to see what we can develop. Um, trying to get our package. Right. I solid. noticed you have a website up already. Earth, yeah. Earthbound. The movie. The movie.com. Which yeah. Eric built. And he gets all the credit for that. Does none of it. <laughs> that help in a big way to try and get uh, funding? Because I know it, one thing it does is it establishes it as something, uh, that people can look at and see, you know, images and understand what this movie is going to be like. Mm -hmm. um, how do you find that that helps you to raise money? Uh, the it, it doesn't really help us raise money. What it does do, though, is like you said, it's something we can refer people to. Mm -hmm. If I, if you're just talking to someone on the phone, you can say, well, go to the website. You know, you can always refer people to the website, and that way it doesn't matter where they are, and they have something to look at. It's almost like your own little brochure. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's a there. great marketing tool. To, oh, yeah. You know, it, 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 Eric did such a great job with it, and there's this great picture that, yeah, that he really put good. up and, and worked with, and it really, I think, captures the spirit of the script, and people who have read the script go to the side and they say, yeah, that's great, that's mm -hmm. totally what I would have imagined it mm -hmm. to look like, so that's really fantastic, and it's a good marketing tool. You kind of get a sense of us, I think, based on our website. Mm -hmm. Don't you think that... The, I think so, you know, you, I get an idea Everything of what you do reflects... Like you know, your work. Mm -hmm. and, and I think the site is a good start for us. What about trailers? Do you think you'll make any kind of trailers? Like uh, previews no, of the movie or anything? No, like I'm not a big believer in trailers. I don't mm -hmm. I don't think it really helps you raise uh, any money. A lot of people will do that. They'll go shoot a short version or they'll shoot a trailer thinking that it's going to, um, uh, you know, increase awareness, get investors. And certainly films are bought based mm -hmm. on a trailer, but those are typically films that are made. Um, you know, initially we just need to, we really need to sort of, part of this whole auction um, is publicity and generating publicity and awareness of the project. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first thing, obviously, is getting a casting director. And this is, this is something actually people can kind of learn from. Um, if, you, if you can get a casting director on board and if you can't get anyone attached to your project, that's probably a good idea, indication that the project... <laughs> Somehow it needs to be revised, reworked, you know, that kind of thing. And it's a really good litmus test for a producer because uh, this is sort of how you're going to gauge the next step. Because uh, your project really isn't a project until someone else believes in it. And that someone else for us is going to be the casting director. The casting director is going to talk to the actors and the agents and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, if it go, the script goes out and it's just horrible and no one's, no one's responding, then we have some work to do. We need to come back to the table and revise and that kind of stuff. And, um, it's a bit of a catch-22, though, still. The right. casting director, if you don't have your budget yet, how are you going to pay the casting director? you got to find a casting director who's willing to make attachments. I know from some of the casting directors we've talked to on the show, uh, one in particular, Roger Musendon, said that he's interested in being a producer on the project, that that's one way to go. So if you don't have a lot of money to pay a casting director, one of these world-class casting directors, <laughs> yeah. uh, then that's a way to go. Although that's kind of a big piece to give away, I suppose. Well, you know, I don't, I, I've heard casting directors say that. And mm -hmm. as someone that's in the producer's guild, I'm not a big fan of that method. Now, I'm not opposed to giving a casting director a producer title. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of work that goes into producing. I mean, you come way on very early and you stay very late in the process. And I don't think just getting a couple people attached to a film it seems kind of like a big thing, though, you know what I mean? Because if you get 
some big name actor attached to your script, all of a sudden it's totally legitimate. Yeah, well, and it's in terms of the weight of, of the value of what they contribute is enormous. Right, but the, here's the thing, though. You get someone attached, you still have to go out and raise the money. You mm -hmm. still have to generate the interest at the studios. You still have to do all that work. Now, the casting director wants to do all that and is going to stay on and, you know, all through production. And they're going to help you raise the money and they're going to, you know, go to set and help you solve the problems. You know, yeah, I can see that. Mm -hmm. I'm not opposed to giving back end. Um, but if you raise the money... What do you like, mean by back end? Uh... Uh, profit from the film, um, so like they share in some of the yeah they get some kind of points and but you know if ultimately like so we're going to try and raise money for a casting director, so if you raise money and you pay the casting director and they get someone attached and you still have to go raise all the in you know the investment funds I don't I mean does that really seem fair that they would be a producer credit too I don't I know that's one of the issues it seems in filmmaking today is the throwing around of the producer yeah credit. It, it's a huge yeah. issue and it, what it really can you is. tell me about how you came to be a producer and um, you know what what road do you take like let's say I'm a kid and I want to be a producer <clears throat> what should I start doing you know there there's a lot it's funny because I just had this conversation with a kid that wants to really? didn't know what they wanted to do yeah uh -huh. um, there's a few ways you can go um, now I went I came through uh, production I started out working in development and development is essentially developing scripts and I was working for a director named Wolfgang Peterson hmm. and um, it was okay. You know, that's sort of the creative side. I, I'm more of a hands-on guy. So I went, then I went to work for um, a producer, kind of famous King of the Bee movies. His name's Roger Corman. Oh, you did. And yeah, so I went through the production route, and that is P.A., A.D. What was that like working for Roger Corman? <laughs> it was the most fun I ever had, and I didn't make him die. <laughs> you know, let's face it, the guy doesn't pay any money. But at the time, it was cool. I was single. I was young. I was blowing things up downtown, <laughs> working from 7 at night to 7 in the morning. And it was great. You know, he gives you all the opportunity, but you just don't make any money. Roger Corman is um, known for starting people's careers because he does all, a ton of films. He's been doing it yeah. for years and years and years. Uh, they're, I guess, what you would call B-movies. Um, and he has just trained people like Eric and like... All kinds of yeah, people. Tons. I don't know Jack Nicholson. There's a whole list. If you go look, look, Google him, and uh, find out about Roger Corman. Um, so then, from there, where did you go? Well, you then. So I essentially production is very similar to the military. Um, there is a very military. It is. There is an order, and there is you do what you're. It's a very efficient process. Production is now the people making decisions might make it inefficient but the people doing the work are very efficient in what they do mm -hmm. and um so you know there's a there's a pecking order like so you start as a production assistant and then i became a production coordinator and then i became an ad and i worked on the set then i became a production manager and then i became a line producer and line producer is kind of the uh, you know it's sort of a, a upm a production manager kind of job it's just a little glorified title um but essentially uh, you know, a producer gets a script and gets some money and then hires someone like me to make the budget and put it all together and run the production elements. And so I went through the physical production route. The other side is, uh, they call, you know, it's called creative producer and you work in development and you, you know, you read scripts for someone for years and then you become a creative executive and then a director of development. Then ideally you jump over to a large production company or a studio and uh, you learn more ropes about producing, and then 
hopefully you've made enough contacts that you show someone your script and a, and a production company or studio likes it and then you go into production and then you hire someone like me to come in and do it and set it all up you know it's wow so there's sort of two sides there's creative and there's physical and um uh, so that's essentially the route for becoming a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when somebody comes in and says, hey, I want to produce your title, you're like, wait a minute, well, get in line, buddy. Yeah. Go work that. for Roger for a while or go, yeah. you know. Yeah, they do that. No, it's it's the kind of thing. Now, there are there's different levels. There's Film is different than television, and there's there's all kinds of different producer titles. But in film, very specifically, an exec producer is typically the, the person that puts together the financing. Mm-hmm. If someone like a Bob Yari comes in with all the money, he's exec producing. He'll probably want to produce also, which is you're very hands-on on the film itself and you're you're working with the production. You've given notes on the script. You're at the set. You're, you know, you're helping make these decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, what happens is someone gets involved in the project like an agent mm-hmm. and they talk their client into doing the project and now that suddenly they want to produce for credit and back end, but that's all they're going to do. And so that's one of the, that's been the biggest issue over the last decade. Is can agents get producing credits? Anyone can get a producing credit. I know credit. managers can, but I thought there was a bit of a... No, anyone can get one. Actually, they, the Producers Guild um, is kind of a newer organization. It's, it's not even really a guild. It's more like a group. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to slam the Producers Guild because I'm in it. But um, they actually lay down the laws and... The academy is chose to enforce the producers' guild rules for who can who is a producer and who isn't a producer. So, you know, on an indie film, anyone can be a producer. If you want to be considered for any kind of an award with the academy, then you have to follow the academy laws mm-hmm. and, and bylaws and stuff like that. So, hmm. it, complicated it gets, being it a is, producer. <laughs> it is, but you know, with the indie films, you know, it's a hundred fifty thousand dollar film. You need to get people to work for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on. You can be a producer. Go move that light. <laughs> you know, I mean, do whatever you want. Just so that you'll see lots of producers on uh, first films. Oh yeah. And uh, just just because that someone's looking for a credit, mm-hmm. and yeah, go ahead. You're gonna come work for me for free. I don't care. You can hmm. just help me make my film. Hmm. Interesting. I think we're gonna have to end it here because we're running out of time. But um, now we're at the section <coughs> where we do. Film bites or something else. I don't know what they're called now. <laughs> Snacks. E- email me at joel at film or <laughs> joel at fatfreefilm.com and uh, give me some suggestions on what to call these things. Oh, that's now. okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I'm going to call them film bites for now. Uh, my film bite from listening to you guys, just one that I picked up, was um, find somebody else to believe in your project. Um, if you have someone else with you that believes in the project, basically what you're doing when you're producing a project, I think, is finding a whole bunch of people who believe in your project and who want to make this thing happen. So, you know, start one person at a time, build this project, with, and eventually, if enough people believe in it, it will exist. That's a, That's good, a good one. one. Thanks. <laughs> I got it from you. <laughs> if you guys have any, you'd like to join in? Um, I guess I have one. Uh, I, I said this to Eric recently. Pardon me. I have a bit of cold. I'm still getting over. Um, uh, everybody in this business is very used to saying no. They say no a lot. <laughs> and I found that a really good thing to sort of try to remember. Because when I hear a no, I just, instead of taking it personally, I just remember that that's what they do. That's what people in this business do. They say no a lot. And eventually, you get to somebody who says yes, which Eric is my latest one, one of them. Great. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> And, uh, and I like him, so that works out. Mm-hmm. 
Don't worry, that well. I have a lot of them. How many do, do you want? One's good. Or well, I'm going to give you a couple. Better. Uh, I'll give you a couple. Filmmaking is no different than a carnival or a circus. And if you don't want monkeys, don't pay peanuts. That's the biggest <laughs> one. Wow. And just remember, that was it literally is. Uh, it literally is. You know, working production, you're just a glorified carny. But that carnival has to be packed up. It has to be put down, it has to be shipped to the next location, it has to be unpacked, and all the elephants and all the monkeys, all those things have to be cared for. So it's more money than you think it's going to be. So figure out what it costs before you go forward. That's good. That's great. Any more? Website? <laughs> oh, yeah, you have your website. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Eric has a great website. Yeah, uh, for independent filmmakers. Oh, for, yes, of for course. Budgeting. We didn't talk about this. I want to hear about it. That's yeah. right. It's called budgetbone.com. Um, budgetbone.com? Yeah, okay. budgetbone.com. You can get a lot of good advice for independent filmmakers. You can buy film budget templates. You can make your own. I put all kinds of stuff in Excel up there, so it's very cheap. That's the biggest thing for an independent. Uh, you can buy budgets from actual films that have been made, so you can see what it costs to do stuff. Very useful site. This is great. I'll put a link on my site to budgetbone.com. And then the movie is earthboundthemovie.com. And also to that. And thank you very much for coming over here Yay. and informing us. Thank I appreciate you. it. And it's really nice to have you guys here. It's great being here. Great. Thank you.